Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Elon Musk says no more blue check marks unless you pay for it. Troy, is it time to pay the $8 for a check mark? Oh, heck no. But you're not cool unless you have a check mark. The check mark was never about being cool to begin with. I think it's, you know, it's kind of a kind of the cool club no you're probably a little famous well some do go through you know people trying to parody their accounts or try to pretend to be them and that's you know good reason to have the check mark available and not have to pay for it and that's going to get much worse that's the thing i mean it completely trashes it trashes the point of even having one yeah hmm. welcome to the game I've never had a check mark. Nope. I won't pay for one. Nope. Although I did think I did I did try to apply for it once. Tried to apply. I was told like it takes weeks to go through that process because they want you we're talking about Twitter here. Mm-hmm. When I applied for my check mark, and I never got it, but they wanted like they wanted you to share articles that you were mentioned in. They wanted you to share your Wikipedia page if you had one. They wanted you to kind of show enough evidence that you are important enough to have a blue check mark or just a check mark in general. This was before Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And then I was told it would be it'd be weeks later. It could be a couple of months, but they'll send you an email. They'll let you know if you were approved or not. I never got the email, never got the check mark. Hurt my feelings for a few hours, <laughs> but I never got it. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berkland, wearing his New York MTV hoodie. And I now, see, the it. guy who could have had one was probably Travion. Why? He just could have parlayed all of his Mike Jack stuff into you know, being a verified guy on there 
I don't use Twitter, so. <laughs> You're not on Twitter at all? I mean, I have an account that I haven't used since, like, 2014, but it's, like, it just sits there. I got completely locked out of my first account, and it was at the Fort 1015. Got locked out of it. Like, it wanted me to change my password, so I was like, all right, I sent the email, changed the password, let's do it. Never got the email. I was like, what, what the hell's this? Like, what am I supposed to do Ouch. now? So I made a new account and <sighs> not a fan of social media anymore. I have an old Instagram account that I can't log into anymore, even though it's the same email as my current Instagram account, but I can't get access to it or delete it or anything. Well, Travion, you got to be careful with the, what you post on there. On Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> Nudity's not allowed. <laughs> Fake news is not allowed. Like, if they have to, at the, they're really cracking down on that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't post anything like that. It's just a picture of Slash on there. Well, sometimes I feel like I don't know you, Travion. <laughs> I don't think you follow me on Instagram, Mitch. What's that about? Come on. Oh Do you my. follow me? I don't think so. Well, there you go. <laughs> Coming at me like you have <laughs> ammo and you're shooting blanks over there. All right. Coming up in the show in hour number two, we're going to be joined by ESPN NFL draft analyst and insider Matt Miller. He's actually going to try to join us. We're going to sandwich him in. He's going to try to join us in between like TV spots. So we may only get him for like two seconds. But he he says he will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. So we'll just kind of play that by ear. We've left a lot of the hour open to squeeze him in. Uh, coming up later this hour, got to do this last year. We did it again this year. Going to talk with Sarah Heptick, who's the head coach of the K-State Classic Cats, along with Classic Cats senior Jordan May. They won another national championship, boys and girls, in the Palm competition earlier this month uh, in Orlando, Florida. So we're going to hear about that competition and the the dramatic uh, conclusion of them winning the national championship uh, earlier this month. You know, I thought this would be a good time to open the show and talk about the transfer portal once again in the Big 12 as we're just kind of in a lull right now. And that lull is because right now – the highly sought-after recruit, and K-State feels like they have a really good shot at him, and Max A. Smith from Oral Roberts, who is the number two player uh, from most boards I've seen, the number two player in the portal currently, and a five-star guard in the portal, just visited K-State very recently, and now he's visiting Austin, Texas. And I did a segment, what was it, last week, Troy? And I talked about my fear in that because he is a Tex- he's from Texas. He did go to school at Oral Roberts, but he's from Texas. He's from the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dallas isn't a crazy far drive down to Austin. Don't have to fly. Be a lot easier on his family. And by the way, I'm sure, you know, Texas, if they really want the kid, they really want him, they'll make it happen. I mean, there are so many NIL opportunities there that, and in his home state, no less. I mean, don't they just have to put Whataburger in front of him? Maybe not. Maybe he's more of an in-and-out guy. We can hope. No. (laughs) You know, win or lose on this recruit, Whataburger's the win. (laughs) Whataburger would dominate, by the way, in the recruiting. If it was Whataburger versus in-and-out, Whataburger (laughs) wouldn't be winning the recruits, not in-and-out. Okay, so back on track. When you brought Whataburger, it made me think about. So, did you hear Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
what used to be Heinz Field and whatever it's called now. Yes. They removed the ketchup bottles from yes. the stadium. They're now adding them back in, even though it's not Heinz Field. Seriously? Yeah, they're putting them back in. I think I had seen a video of them just putting one back in. I've never been a, a fan of them laying the bottles down on its side. And like they'll, they, they, you can like line them up mm-hmm. when it's an eye game or whatever. Uh, I never understood why they laid them down or whatever, just stand them up, you know. Is but, it going to be sponsored by Heinz at least? I don't know. Because that would just be weird just to have ketchup bottles but I was thinking like motion on them. I was like, man, what, what if we could get a big old Whataburger spicy ketchup bottle at the bill? How iconic would that be? <laughs> just put it on top of or put it on top of the Shamrock Zone. Well, I mean, if you put it up there, you might have to tie it down real well, but uh, or you know, install it somewhere. God, that would look so good. Anyway, so thinking about the NIL, prob- you know, possibilities with Texas in this recruitment with Max Asmus, and plus, like I've seen like these recruiting sites and these experts, you know, the leaders of these sites, and they're like kind of flipping back and forth. I'm like, well, now he's really favored to go to K-State. Well, Ace Smith's now be going to Texas. He's visiting Texas currently right now. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Got me thinking, though, like, looking into the Big 12 and what Big 12 teams have picked up right now in the transfer portal, there's one team that has done very well lately, and it's not a surprise. That team is West Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, I can't remember exactly when this started, but West Virginia had really spearheaded NIL with what is called Country Roads Trust Collective. They got guys that got money. As in a billionaire owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Throw in Oliver Luck. Mm-hmm. Guys that are that, that got money that mm-hmm. are kind of leading the charge on NIL. And what did that turn into? Well, it's a very good run right now for West Virginia in the portal. It was very recent that they had just picked up 6'11 center Jesse Edwards. And this is a kid that I talked about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, when he jumped in the portal. I was like, man, that's the guy I want to fill that five spot for Mm -hmm. K-State. You know, fill that big guy spot that K-State wants to fill with the portal. They still have four scholarships available now that Anthony Thomas is in the portal. Man, what a fit this would be because it checks all – he checks all the boxes. 15 points, 10 rebounds a game, three blocks a game. He's an all-ACC defensive player, uh, defensive team member his junior year. He's got one year of eligibility remaining, but he's also an all-ACC type of player. I was like, man. And plus, he plays a ton of minutes. He's a workhorse. Yes. Absolute workhorse. He has grinded through his career, and he's played over over 90 games. I I think he's played 95 from the Netherlands. Like, he and David Gasson would be Mm -hmm. best friends probably, you know. They'd, like, you know, band together and try to get the guys to play soccer, and then they just – beat the hell out of those Americans on the team. Yeah, this would have been a great guy, but Bob Huggins wins that battle. And I was thinking, like, you know, I don't think West Virginia is really losing anybody when it comes to the bigs. Might be losing one or two, but I think they still have all their starters around. I was like, well, then I kind of looked into it. I was like, you know, Jimmy Bell, who I think was their starting five was a weak link. This is going to be actually, in their case, probably their best big since they had briefly Oscar Sheboy. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's no doubt. I think there's no doubt. I agree with that. Meanwhile, then, West Virginia wasn't done. Actually, previous to that, this was actually a couple of weeks ago, where Arizona's uh, 
Kerr Krissa, or I'm not yes. sure how to pronounce his last name, but uh, I think he's from Estonia. Mm-hmm. 6'3 guard. He just ended up committing a couple of weeks ago with West Virginia. And he will he will fill a need heading into this offseason and heading into next year that West Virginia is going to need to fill. They're going to pick up a guard. Now, what, what I took away from this was I, I'd seen that the West Virginia – like rivals twenty four seven, like those guys were writing that case to or, uh, West Virginia had finally taken a recruiting loss in Caleb Grill. Caleb Grill, who Iowa State, UNLV, Iowa State, now in the portal for the third time, has just now committed to Missouri. He's going to be a Mizzou Tiger. West Virginia, I think you dodged a bullet. With Caleb Grill. I am not a Caleb Grill fan. I think he is a hair trigger when it comes to his temper. A bit of a dirty player. And as like and he gets caught. And he does it so blatantly sometimes. It's quite obvious. That and I think he is an overrated scorer. His his mid range and short range game is underwhelming. And he likes to be the guy who takes a big shot and he sends up a lot of bricks. For as much as he shoots and believes in his game, he should be better than a 36% three-point shooter, which isn't the worst in the world. But Manny loves, or at least he loves to want to hit the big-time shot. Bricks a ton of them. I think he dodged a bullet because I think Kirk Chrysler, however you say his name, who averaged 10 points, 5 assists, but he also he would take six and a half threes a game and you hit 37% of them, but he's a better player defensively. He's more of a team player. Caleb Grill doesn't pass the ball a whole lot if he sees a shot. Well, you got Chris who's getting more of the point guard type and he's going to pass the ball and he's going to set you up with more points. It's just, I think it's that simple. It really is. And then if I'll throw out one more here, that's not West Virginia. Well, KU just found their next Grady Dick. He's not Justin. It's Nick Timberlake. Fordham? Towson. Towson. Yeah. Towson. Fordham uh, came into play because of Ish Masood. Got Maybe it. That's where you heard about Thank you. Fordham recently. Ish Masood, I think, in New Mexico or Fordham, which I think very interesting two schools to be interested mm-hmm. in. First of all, as a Muslim, a little surprised that he would be interested in a Catholic school. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is like today, but wasn't that long ago that those two sides didn't get along too well. New Mexico is also really far away from home, uh, but that would actually be a pretty good fit for him. Anyway, 6'4 wing, Nick Timberlake has picked the Kansas Jayhawks. I say he's an ex-Grady Dick because he's a you know he's a sharpshooter. Top 10% in the country in three-point shooting as an individual, uh, where he shot last year about 41-42%. The last couple of seasons – shouldn't say the last couple of seasons. I should say his whole career. He has hit 233 threes. He'll be a six-year senior. There's been a couple of KU at KU that's been six-year seniors, but it doesn't happen too often for the Jayhawks. But over the last two seasons, he has taken 40 of, make that 413 threes, and he's shooting about 42% from three. Now, other than that, I can't really tell you if he's good defensively or what else he does. Just a great spot-up three-point shooter. He will fill the role that Grady Dick mm-hmm. had at Kansas. 
That's the good news for KU. I think they're going to run into some bad news, though. Because just recently, I mean, this was very, very recent, that it sounds like KU for a while was the favorite to pick up Michigan's Hunter Dickinson. One of the highest sought-after centers in, in the country, in the portal, no doubt. He might be the top guy in the portal. That projection is now flipped to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So that might be a blow coming to KU here very soon. However, Hunter Dickinson from Michigan has transferred. Might not be a Jayhawk now. And KU is still, I believe, trying to fill a couple of spots. So KU might be taking a blow here very soon. I saw MJ Rice caught on with uh, NC State. Yep. Former five-star recruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that whole bench transferred. (laughs) I think just about everybody. A lot of guys left. Now, KU did have a decent amount of – is going to have a decent amount of freshmen coming in. I think four. So it'll be a pretty sizable recruiting class for Kansas, one of the biggest they've had in probably a very long time. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, very pleased to be joined by the national champions – as in K-State Classy Cat, head coach Sarah Heptick and senior Jordan May coming up next. The game continues. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berklin is here. Coming up in hour number two, we are going to be joined, hopefully, going to try to squeeze this in. With ESPN NFL draft analyst and insider Matt Miller, he found out just a week or two ago that ESPN is going to have him as a panelist on the main desk in Kansas City, and he's from Joplin, Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's his lifelong goal to have what he's going to be doing a week from today. Very cool. That is very cool. I can totally understand, in a way, how that feels working for such a a high it's also a job like you know not very many people get to do and mel kuyper has been doing it since what the 80s yes being espn oh, even before that draft but for, guy but espn's draft guy for since the 80s yeah. yeah from from day one he's been their draft guy yeah it's kind of hard to sneak into that desk isn't it just a touch <laughs> but he's going to finally get his opportunity we're going to hear from him hopefully uh coming up in hour number two but right now we are pleased to be joined by K-State Classy Cat head coach Sarah Heptig and senior Jordan May. Earlier this month, the Classy Cats back-to-back national champions at the College Classic in uh, Orlando, Florida. They won the Division I-A Palm category for the second straight year. Coach, I want to start with you. Since you won the national championship last year, going into this year, did you feel like you needed to change anything when it came to getting prepared for the national championship and try to win it once again? Or did you stick with what you got because it worked the previous time? You know, that is a really great question. And it was, I think it was a little bit of both. I think winning a national championship there then this year was a pressure because we not we weren't just going for the first time, but this time we were going and felt like we were defending a national championship title. Um, so we tried... I I tried to use that some for motivation, but also I tried to take away the pressure and, you know, because every year is different. Every team is different. Dance is so subjective. Um, And so, you know, any given year um, it will be different judges and different competitors. And we talk a lot about controlling the controllables and focusing on what we can do. So um, we did have some learning lessons from the year before that we tried to adjust this year. Um, We learned our routine a little bit sooner this year. Um, Last year we had learned it in January. 
February, um, which felt like a very much a time crunch. So this year we bumped it up to October, um, which was a huge help for us. Um, we had a new palm choreographer this year and she was absolutely incredible. Um, and she was a really great, not only choreographer, but a great mentor to myself and to the team. So she came in October, but then she also stayed in touch throughout the season and she came back in February to work with us. And then um, we were reaching out to her while we were at nationals and, and she was just a really great mentor as well too. So um, I think we tried to up our game. We knew what we were doing. So I think that helped, but then we also had a little bit of added pressure and um, the girls did a great job of responding to that. Um, and it was, it was a, a fun challenge to have. Jordan, as a senior and a member of that Palm team last year that also won a national championship, was it harder to get to the top or was it harder to stay on top? I would say I think it was naturally hard to get there, but I would say it was definitely harder to stay there because like, I, we tried to go into this without the mindset of we were national champions. Though we knew we had that added pressure, we tried to go into this as this is a brand new team of classic cats. They're currently we are not the national champions. Like we are going in to compete for this. We are not going in to compete for it. I guess we tried to stay as humble in a way. I guess going into this, so it wasn't if we didn't lose, it was the end of the world. But more in a sense of we wanted to go and to push ourselves to see how far we could go, rather than we're only going to win and that's the only goal we have essentially. But I would say it was definitely harder to stay on top once we had hit that last year. So, Coach Heptig. You're in Orlando, you go through the preliminaries, and in Palm, you're 0.7 behind Arizona State heading into the the final event, the championship, the, the final competition to decide who wins it all. So what was you know the downtime like? How much downtime was there? How much work did you put in maybe tweaking the last few things to make sure you had it down perfect? Yes. Well, the thing that people don't know about nationals is there really is not a lot of downtime at all. Um, so we competed Palm that Friday morning. Um, but then we also that afternoon, we competed our jazz routine. And then shortly after that, we added a third routine this year um, called the spirit showdown category. So um, it was an added challenge, adding one more routine to balance in the mix. So um, it wasn't until the evening that we were really even even able to process what had happened with Palm um, and be able to focus on that. Um, I tried to strategize as a coach in between sessions. I was looking at the score sheets, um, listening to the judges' critiques. So that way, when I had the team after we were finished for the day and we could start our practice, I had an idea of what I wanted to tweak and what I wanted to work on. Um, and it's it's a balance as you hear the judges' critiques. And the next day, you may have some judges that are the, that are the same, but you also may have some different judges. Um, so you have to find the balance of what do you need to change altogether that's going to make your routine better versus what do you need to just drill um, and work on um, just so you can execute better. So we then spent a good chunk of, of Friday evening, a couple hours. They, we were practicing until 11 o'clock that evening um, working on those different things. And so it, I, I do feel like, you know, being 0.7 behind gave us an extra fire that we really wanted to push to try to make up that point difference and everything. And, and the girls did a great job that evening, even though they were mentally and physically exhausted, they were in it to fight. And, and it was a really great hardworking practice, but also encouraging and, and, and pushing and, and everything. So I'm very proud of, of the, the effort and the attitude that went into the preparation for finals. Translate 0.7 for me. Is that a razor thin margin? It absolutely is. You know, it, it dance is very subjective. So it's not like in football, you cross the line and that is a touchdown. You know, it 0.7 is a matter of 
one judge's opinion slightly different from another judge's opinion. So, you know, and in, when it when it gets down to that close, it really could go either way in any direction. Um, and so it really and it, it also could be a matter of of a technique seventh of a point or it could be a showmanship or it could be an energy or there's so many different things. So that's why when you look at the score sheet, you kind of have to you know, notice the trends and see where, you know, you feel the biggest deficit is and then kind of focus on that area. Um, I think also going into finals, I think having put the routine on the floor already going in the second the second time on finals, I think we had a, a newfound confidence um, just because we'd already done it once. So we could hopefully get out the jitters and everything. And then I think taking the floor for finals, we knew we had nothing to lose. So we just needed to put it all out on the floor and, and see wherever it would fall. And um, when, when it came down for final awards, that time was only um, 0.2 of a difference. So it was very close in the final round as well. Jordan, the uh, night before, like Coach said, you finished up at 11 o'clock. Are you getting much sleep that night? Is there a lot of pressure heading into the next day? I would say there absolutely was. Aside from getting done with practice that late, I think it was a lot of like the mindset of I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm excited, I'm ready to perform for finals. So it was also that kind of kept the energy going throughout the night. And then plus we had to wake up early to get ready for finals that next day. But there's not a whole lot of sleep going on, but you're moving so quickly that you almost don't even really notice that you're not getting enough sleep or you're not getting any sleep at all. Sure, you're really wired at that point. It's hard to <laughs> wind down and, and take it easy for a few hours and get some sleep. So, all right, so let's get to the championship then. The routine goes down. You're done. I, I want to ask you both the same question. We'll start with Coach Heptig about, so the routine is done. Fans are cheering. How well do you think it went at that point in time? I thought from their performance, like they did an exceptional job and I couldn't have been prouder. We couldn't have done a better job. So, and, and we really try to focus on that moment, you know, because, you know, you can't control the end result and, and what the judges' opinions are going to be or where the scores are going to fall. So we really tried to focus in the moment, like the, they did an incredible job. They they rose to the occasion. Their performance on finals day was stronger. Um, I thought our, our prelims performance was our best performance to date. And then after that, I thought our finals performance was our very best performance to date. So um, you can't ask for any more as a coach. And afterwards, we were able to walk backstage and you get to watch the video. And um, we were just trying to take in that moment and be really proud of our performance. And Jordan, I mean, I, I, I know you're focusing on what you do, but you know, did you think once you were done that you guys had nailed it and you have a real great shot of winning it again? I absolutely thought we had, even after prelims, I thought we had a great shot. And then after we done finals, like Coach Updick said, we get to watch the video back immediately. And there was never a moment of almost negativity when we watched the video back. It was everyone was, we were cheering ourselves on, which was really cool to watch. But then also like after we watched the video, we walked out and we met all our parents and they were all telling us how great we looked. And so it was just kind of a validating fact that we felt good doing it and it looked good happening. So it's just a matter of whatever those scores were after we walked off the stage, that was kind of where it was going to end up. But it definitely felt like the best we'd ever done that routine all year long. All right, so the routine is done. I want to stick with Jordan here because I, I told Coach Heptig this last year. Going into the interview last year, all I really known about what the Classy Cats do, what cheerleading does is from that Netflix series, and I've watched every episode. It is, it is really fascinating to see how much work actually goes into this, but I've noticed as well when they're announcing the winners, it is tense. I, it might be one of the most tense moments in sports. Uh, because you're all together, all the teams are there together, and you're just kind of waiting for the uh, the places to be announced. So you've done this two years in a row now. Is it just as tense, just as nervous? And when you guys heard second place, 
and the Classy Cats had won the Palm competition once again. What was that like? I it is absolutely it is probably the like one moment in my life that I like I stopped breathing for the whole however long they're announcing DNA Palm especially. But I can tell you, like watching it happen when they announced that between first and second it was a point two difference. I think something had dropped inside me because I was so nervous that we hadn't reached that point seven even point eight above Arizona State. But then standing there and watching the announcer announce second place, it was a moment of kind of a sigh of relief of like oh my gosh, we just did it. Like it was a moment, it was almost an unreal moment of like, it took a second for life to catch up to me in that moment of we did what we set out to do and more almost. So it was a great moment to applaud for second place, but then we waited for them to fully announce that we had won before we erupted in that sort of joyous moment. But it is definitely like, silent there's not a lot going on it's very polite quiet clapping because everyone's trying to listen for everything so we don't miss a moment like that what about for you coach winning it once again and the announcement is made that kansas state has won the national championship again well i would say the same as jordan i wasn't breathing very well at that moment um and and like I said, when they said it was point two, and, and I have so much respect for Arizona State, and it, it really could have gone either direction. They put on an incredible performance. So, um, and that's not, it's just like I said, just two incredible teams. So I, I stopped breathing for a moment. And then just to be able to to start breathing again once we, once we heard the announcement and um, just such a pride, I think. You know, last year it was the first time and and the sheer shock of it. And then this time, this time was different and, and special in a different way. Um, I think I, I really I'm really proud of watching the fire of coming from second place to fight back um, and to end in that that champion spot. So it was it was really a great experience to see the team like come together and and push for that. And then to see the end result um, for them to get to be celebrated like that was was very, very special. Let's take a break. More with Classy Cats head coach Sarah Heptig and senior Jordan May after this break on the game. Mitch, Troy, Trey, we're back on the game. And we're back with Classy Cats head coach and senior Jordan May. Well, congratulations once again on, on winning another national championship. So, Jordan, what was the uh, – was there a celebration afterwards? Tell me about that. I think it was probably one of my favorite parts of nationals, but it was after we had won. Awards were so late in the evening that I think they got done around 11, maybe midnight almost. We went back to the hotel, and Heptic had bought, like, sweet treats. There was brownies. There were cookies. And our families who did stay for the entire awards and who were willing to stay up later with us – came to our hotel and we all sat together and we just kind of talked and hung out. And it was a moment that was, I think that was the first time we all could fully like relax and breathe through everything. But it was, I think that was the best moment of it all because it was, I got to take in that one last moment of being with that team of girls before having to dismiss for everything. But that was our big celebration was getting to just hang out together and have some sweet treats. (laughs) With the last performance, and then to the results, how much time was there? How long did you guys have to wait? So we competed very, I can't, I don't even remember what time, but it was very early in the morning, um, maybe around, I think it was around nine o'clock that we did POM. So we kind of tried to be strategic in how, how we did everything. So after we did POM, um, we, again, we were competing another routine because we made it to finals in our jazz routine. So, um, and then the night, the night before we had solely focused on, Palm. So then after we competed Palm, 
we then they went up and changed and then we went to then practice jazz and work on that was our time that we were working on the things from the score sheet and working on the things to improve our jazz performance um the jazz competition was very very close between the top four places so um so we were really fighting um for our jazz placement as well so we spent that time working on that then we competed jazz and then after we finished Actually, I don't know. I'm not quite for sure. Remember how much time it wasn't too long after we finished jazz. We then um, we had one part of the awards for the spirit showdown. And then we had a good an hour or so between the final awards that happened that night. So I feel like it wasn't until jazz was finished, which was around five o'clock that evening that we were kind of able to finally breathe a little bit more just because we'd finished the performances. And at that point, um, it was kind of out of our hands. Um, and then we did have one more special thing that happened. Um, the judges had selected the top palm routines of the entire competition to compete in the palm battle. So we were one of the teams that were selected for that. Okay. Um, so they did get to do their palm routine one more time, um, which again is, is a credit to their athleticism because that palm routine is not easy. Um, we really upped our game in what we expected of them this year. So for them to do it a third time um, demanded a lot and they put on an incredible performance in the palm battle um as well so so there was just a lot of things that happened um that whole day <laughs> yeah jazz got third place and uh and spirit showdown got fifth place so not a not yeah. too bad of a trip to orlando if i may say so myself so with the you know with the scores with yourselves in arizona state in, in palm did you guys bump up your score did arizona's drop a little bit or is it a mix of both um so with the company the competition that we go to they don't focus on scores being the same from day to day it's kind of a new panel of judges so you don't really compare friday's score to saturday's score you just compare that day's scores um, of where they were at so to be honest i don't even i don't even think i looked at what the difference was between each day i was just looking it within the day of where we fell and everything. Well, Jordan, were you a classy cat your entire college career? Yes, I've been lucky enough to be on the team all four years. Well, man, you, I tell you what, you've had quite the journey then, because I'm sure your your classy cat career started during the pandemic, right? Yeah, just about. My freshman year got cut short, unfortunately, because that's when it all started. And then I had sophomore year was all COVID. And then junior year was kind of shifting out. And then this last year was the norm, the most normal it's been. I tell you what, as a senior, though, you maybe couldn't ask for a better year to be a classy cat when it comes to what you got to attend and in the, in the crowds you got to po- perform in front of because climbing and football wins a Big 12 championship. Jerome Tang in his first year gets to an Elite Eight. What was that like for you? I have spent the last how many weeks after Nationals just kind of reminiscing on my last four years. And I have been just incredibly grateful because I know – Granted, being a classy cat gave me a different point of view of game days altogether from a regular student, but the classy cat experience that I got and I got to share with the other seniors especially, I think is something that I don't know if we'll ever it'll ever compare to anything else because I we've just been so lucky to be able to get to do all these different events, not only for K-State, for ourselves, and then I think just even this year alone has been one of the best years ever, and it's going to be something that I think I'm going to hold near and dear to me for the rest of my life. But it's just been an unreal experience, and I, I couldn't have asked 
for a better time, a better four years, and a better group of people to kind of experience it all with. Well, let me tell you, as a, uh, I'm the public address announcer, so I, I got this this past season when you guys ran onto the field at the Bill, I got to announce, please welcome your uh, college classic national champion K-State Classy Cats. That was a really cool wrinkle to throw in there to, to bring you guys on the field. That was typically what, usually in the third quarter, and of course brought to you by Suntan City. Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, I say, we, we really we really enjoyed that announcement, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's my honor. So what is next for Jordan then? Oh, <laughs> I, it's a great question. I majoring in graphic design. So I think I want to go, I think I've kind of bouncing between two ideas. I either go to Kansas City and work in graphic design in Kansas City, or my main goal is I really want to dance professionally. I really want to dance in the NBA. And I think I'm leaning more towards the Denver Nuggets. Their auditions, <clears throat> excuse me, happen July, August-ish. So I have a little bit of time after the next season of, or after Classic Cats for me officially ends, I'll have, I think, a few months in between before getting to try out for that. But I think it'll force me to move to Denver first, get a job, and then try out. But ultimately, that's what I want to do. I don't know how likely that'll happen, but that's kind of what I'm working towards now and kind of where I'm focusing all my energy is to hopefully dance professionally in the NBA. So what was your favorite game in your career or this last year that you got to dance at? Oh, gosh. I think it is a tie between my very first game as a classic cat, which was, I think, against Nichols State, I think is what that was. And then the very last bowl game against Alabama. I think those two games are tied for my favorite game ever because it was the first and last time I ever got to wear the uniform on a football field cheering on the cats in that way. And it was those two moments I can distinctly remember doing the alma mater for the very first time and the very last time. I think those are just great moments and memories to have. And I can picture the entire field around me singing it. And it's just, I think those are tied for my favorite game ever. Well, Jordan, again, congratulations. It's quite the honor to win back-to-back national championships in the in the Palm routine. Coach, to wrap up, I guess what's next for the Classy Cats? What is this summer like as you transition to the next academic year? Yes, well, it, it never stops. Um, we actually will have auditions for next year's team next weekend, and then we'll start meeting. We'll start meeting as soon as the team starts, and then we'll actually officially meet together in June. We'll do summer practices and then um, go to camp at the beginning of August. So um, our main focus at the beginning of the year is getting ready for the season when it comes to sidelines and making sure we're ready for football season and everything. And then um, we'll still, but now with nationals, we definitely start. I'm already brainstorming ideas. I've been talking with our choreographer with what we're going to be doing next year as well. And so um, never really stops, but that's what makes it exciting. And so it's um, this year is, is going to be really hard to top for for so many different reasons. It's been a very, very special year. Um, I keep saying it's just been magical and um, getting to be a part of it all has been incredible. And, and this team especially is is something really special. So it's, it's really hard to, to say goodbye. Um, but we have a lot of great memories. So Jordan May and Coach Sarah Heptig, it's always a pleasure to talk K-State Classy Cats with you guys. And Jordan, best of luck. I hope you get that job you want with the Denver Nuggets. And Coach, I hope we get to do this again next year. I hope so too. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Once again, big thank you to Classy Cats head coach Sarah Heptig and senior Jordan May for their time here on the game. We'll wrap up hour one when we come back. My favorite social media personality has got himself a pretty sweet gig when it comes to the NFL draft. Coming up next.
We finish up hour one of the game. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, Travion Brooklyn. What are you laughing at? Oh, I, t- I just turned it to my cousin Vinny. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. On the uh, oh, my bad. I hit it the was, button. It was the it was the just moment of uh, recognition. Yeah, the the moment of recognition that it was my cousin Vinny. Trey, yay or nay on my cousin Vinny? Never seen it. Oh, well then. I have it on DVD if you need to borrow it. <laughs> sure. I'll bring it to you uh, next week. Okay. One of the things that cracks me up is that attorneys will tell you it is one of the most actually accurate legal movies. Yeah. I saw I saw you. T- I think I asked Curry Sexton that one time. He yeah. Asked my co- is my cousin Vinny, is that a accurate depiction of a courtroom and what takes place? He actually said, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. The, the the argument is that it's much more accurate than anything you'll ever see from Dick Wolf Productions. Yeah. <laughs> to what? Um, I forget the actor's name, but the, the judge, my dad told me one time that he came to Manhattan High to, uh, to speak because he wrote a book. Really? Yeah. Apparently that happened one time. Mis- he was also... Um, Her, oh, Herman Munster. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I can't. I I wanted to say Herman, but it wasn't yeah, for sure. Fred Wynn. Yeah, Fred Wynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been gone for a while. I was just looking. It said this is his final film appearance. All yeah, right. That would have been. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since I've been dating this gal, she's got some kids, and uh, wow, some of those kids like uh, those like YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Reality stars. I don't even know what to call them, but it's videos like, oh, God, I got a B on my report card. My parents are going to kill me. And then they take away their phone. It's just goofy stuff like that. However, I'm a big fan of this guy by the name of James Draws. Have you ever seen him? This is what he does. He's awesome. Well, congratulations. Oh, that is not it. How about that? Let's try this. Great question, Michigan State. What happened? Well, Marquise Noel and the Cats and Jerome Tang, that's what happened. Uh, he, he got invited yesterday by the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a kid that's, I think, just recently out of high school. He has Down syndrome. Uh, but he has one point something million followers on nah. Twitter. And he just rips teams on, or uh, I should say on TikTok, just rips teams for losing games. That's his, that's his stick, and it's awesome. He's also a big wrestling fan. He's been invited by the Kansas City Chiefs to announce a third-day draft pick for the Chiefs in KC. I thought that's a hell of a move there by Kansas City. He's a big Chiefs guy. He's from Bartlesville, by the way. Mm-hmm. Same high school as David Castillo. He's a Bruin. All right, hour two, we're kicking things off with ESPN draft analyst Matt Miller next. Your local news.